Please leave me alone, Miss Kenton. Why won't you show me your book? This is my private time. You're invading it. Oh, is that so? Yes. I'm invading your private time, am I? Yes. What's in that book? Come on, let me see. Or are you protecting me? Is that what you're doing? Would I be shocked? Would it ruin my character? Let me see it. at all. It's just a sentimental old love story. Yes. I read these books, any books, to develop my command and knowledge of the English language. I read to further my education, Miss Kenton. I really must ask you, please, not to disturb the few moments I have to myself. Welcome to Stuff We've Seen. I'm your host, James Kent. And now, here he is. For the past two months, he's been hard at work as the Deputy Minister of Male Displacement under Postmaster General Louis DeJoy and recently the head speechwriter for Kimberly Guilfoyle. And not to be outdone, <laughs> moonlighting as the researched analyst for Fox News personality Tucker Carlson, Teal. How's it going, buddy? Sounds like you've had a busy summer. It's been busy, but I got to say, I got fired a lot. You did? (laughs) Yeah. I had a little trouble holding down a job over the summer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking that after yesterday, you just got fired immediately, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, uh, I've been busy. We've had some guests on in your absence, Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm going to keep that streak going now that you're back. Uh, So one of the things we have on our stuff we've seen, we have a, a... an Instagram page, uh, Stuff We See yes. in the Podcast. And I follow a lot of various movie sites, movie people, blah, 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 blah. But what interests me is if I come across a site that sort of has a kinship to the things that we do. Um, you know, they maybe focus on a particular genre of movie or a, they have a theme. And mm. I stumbled upon, I feel like a year ago, a site, or it's not a site, but it's an Instagram page called All the Great Movies. Um, So you should check that out. You know, you can follow along. And this person, they pick a year like, and, I, and that's what I want to find out is uh, why this particular year or that particular year. But <laughs> right. they, they focus for a long period of time on one year. And this person's goal is to see a whole bunch of the you know noted films from that year, especially like, say, the movies that were nominated for, by, for Academy Awards. Right. And then he does a little mini review of that particular film. And then he puts, you know, different images from that. And I've been enjoying that. You know, he did, I think, 1971 year. Um, He did 1963. Um, And what was really cool about that is I've seen a lot of films from 1963, but he found some, some pretty obscure movies that even if I've heard of them, they're not easy to find. Um, so like right. films like the Cardinal and the L-shaped room, uh, and I was just like, wow, you know, those are movies. That I don't know how I can even see <laughs> right, them unless they show right. up in TCM, which I no longer have because my cable company doesn't offer TCM to me anymore. Sad. Then he shifted to 1993, so he jumped 30 years, and right. I thought, oh, you know what? This is a year that uh, I'm very familiar with. I've seen lots of films, and there's a lot of good ones in this particular year. And I thought, 
boy, this would be an awesome opportunity to uh, get this person on if we could. And so lo and behold, today I have procured that person from all the great movies, Eric Jason Gray. Eric, are you here? I am here, James. All right. So, uh, Teal, this is Eric. Eric, Teal, and and Great to have you on the show. This is fantastic. Really. How many years have you done? Uh, I have done about eight years. I've done one from each decade from the 30s through the the teens. So I think that's eight. Okay. Oh, very cool. That's where I think I first saw one of your postings was maybe from the 40s or something. And that's where I got fascinated because today's kids out there, their film knowledge doesn't go back even, I think, sometimes to the 70s. So uh, it was kind of refreshing to see somebody look at like, say, uh, you know, films from a particular year in the 40s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The I grew up kind of watching movies from the 40s, uh, you know, on the old television set. And uh, so for me, I'm pretty excited about some of the new years where I got busy with life and, you know, like I did 2011 and I haven't seen many of those movies. So, right. uh, yeah, that's what I remember, you know, because these are conversations I had with myself. I remember when you were doing 2011 and you seem to mention that these were films you were watching for the first time. And I was a little surprised because I think I reached out to you a long time ago and, you know, kind of knew your age range and things and thought, well, geez, how could he not <laughs> have seen a lot of these movies for 2011? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, you know, the, the teens were about career and work. And so uh, I missed a ton of movies. Ah, Okay. For me, it was about kids and I missed a ton of movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's so fascinating about 93 is that's like a prime year where, uh, you know, I was only, I was between 22 and 23 and, uh, you know, had lots of time on my hands to go see movies. Yeah, I yeah. the ni- 93, I have seen quite a few of these movies. I have a lot of personal favorites, not necessarily critical favorites. With 93, so when you do these pictures, these postings, are you re-watching every one of those movies or some of these just from the fact that you're like, oh, I remember I like this movie a lot? No, I re-watch every single one of them. And I try to, to keep up, but sometimes you'll notice I, I may only post two or three because I've gotten busy in life and I'm behind. Got it. So I, I am right. actually re-watching some of them unhappily re-watching, but uh, <laughs> I, I am re-watching them. So, well, maybe let's take a step back at the beginning. What, what, what caused you to start this Instagram page in the first place? Yeah, so I, I've always been interested in, in movies, and I'm kind of a spreadsheet geek. I do, you know, I'm in finance in my real life, and so I'm on spreadsheets a lot. And I would look at who had won all the awards, and someone had asked me, a younger person had asked me to do a bucket list for them. And I did it, and then I started thinking, you know what? I haven't seen a ton of movies. And so <laughs> mainly just as a, as a spreadsheet exercise, kind of, I started making a list of movies I wanted to watch, and then it, it just took on a life of its own. And uh, I decided, you know what, why don't I try to see the major award winners? And then I thought, but there's a lot of movies that aren't nominated. So I tried to, there's a site, they shoot pictures, don't they? Which is just a compilation of critics' opinions of the greatest movies ever. So I went to that and kind of picked out movies. And and here I am. I made a giant list of movies to watch. And yeah. And- and how'd you get the idea to do it by year instead of just, you know, going through a list of a thousand films or something? Yeah, I, I wanted to compare to the Academy Awards. Oh, and so right. So that's what okay. I try to do. So I try to do it in the, I, I try to do it the year a movie was released. So that, right. that's okay. difficult sometimes, especially with foreign movies. But I just wanted to see what do I think about their nominees and then who would I have picked? in comparison. So right. at, at the end of every year, I do awards and I, I relook at who they nominated and then I give who I would have nominated. Yeah, that's right. That's another thing that I liked. And it reminded me of what we've been doing on a lot of our episodes where, you know, we can't go to the movies, <laughs> right? Yeah. For the past six months. So we started going back to the well and we, we focused on Academy Award years and kind of did a real fast version of that where here, these are the nominees. What do we think of them? Did who did the white winner win? And 
uh, do we have any other people that we might have slotted in instead? But yep. when you get that specific year, you're going so in depth that uh, for 93, uh, I did go and look up a list and I have it in front of me. And that's what was really surprising. I was like, you know, not every year has this many classics. But uh, once I started seeing your post from 93, I was like, oh, wow, you know, there really was a lot of good films that year. And then when I started compiling my own list, I was shocked at just even how many more. Uh, and I'm even curious as to how many you think you're going to do in 93. Yeah. So I, when I started this, I would try to do 25 uh-huh. and because that's a lot. And yeah. uh, then I would get recommendations and I started getting more and more recommendations, especially <laughs> when I did newer ones. So I, I cap it at 30 for this year. I'm going to do 29. That's what I've got on my list. But once you've kind of watched so many movies from the same year, you're ready to move on to a new year. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I, I bet. Yeah. I bet. I bet. That's uh, funny is that uh, a few weeks back, I had uh, a guest on the show and she does the site on YouTube, every Disney movie ever. And she tries, she can't do it exactly in order, but she goes by year. And some of these years, Disney, between their straight-to-DVD offerings and their theater offerings, there's a lot. And by the end of that year, she's pretty sick of that year. (laughs) She wants to move on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's – I started this not really thinking about how long it would take. Uh, But then when I started realizing the Academy Awards started in 28, and so that's over 90 years, this is like a 10-year process that I'm I'm looking at. So uh, hopefully be doing this for a very long time. Hopefully I live that long. Now, see, there's another similarity because uh, the person on the Disney site, she's been doing it for four years, and she estimates she's got about another four years to go. Wow. Wow. So you've got 10 years total to go. <laughs> I don't know if I personally would have the stamina to do something like this. I'm it's, impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> this is why I'm digging this up because, Teal, you're the subgenre completionist. And now yes. I'm finding people that take completionism <laughs> to a whole new it's level. To a whole new, ex- all new extreme. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough. I, I There are times where I get pretty burned out and I am a little bit ADHD anyway. So I can get pretty compulsive about it. And then I'm like... Like I'm I'm done. So right. <laughs> uh, so I've I've held on pretty good so far. I've done it for over a year now. Oh, and you've done eight years in a year. So oh, that's- yeah, 1993. I just figured up is my ninth year. So okay, wow, that's a wow. lot of years in a year. <laughs> it yeah, is. It's, yeah, it's been a, over a year now. But uh, you know, I had grand plans when I started that I was going to be able to do a year a month. But there's no way. There, just, yeah, I, well, that that's a movie a day, basically, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes it's a struggle for Teal and I to be able to have a show because we can't even get two movies watched in a week. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and this kind of kills, you know, like if you like some shows that stream or something like that. Right. I mean, right. This kind of takes precedence now. Yeah. That's why we'll jump all over the place because it is hard sometimes to make the commitment. You get a great idea for, say, a show topic, but then being able to pull it off is another story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, let's, let's, we'll stay with 93 because you've done a bunch of the films and I've seen almost every one that you've done so far. I think the only film that you had on your 93 list that you've so far published is uh, Farewell, My Concubine. I know it was a critical favorite, and but this one was a tough one to find. That's one of the things I've discovered is it's not easy to find all of these movies. And this one I actually bought from Half Price Books online because I, oh, I wow. just could not find it online. And I found it cheap on Half Price Books. So uh, it, it just I think the Chinese government has gone back and forth on trying to ban it. So they've made it. <laughs> difficult to find. Yeah, I never saw Farewell, My Concubine. I think it was nominated for Best Cinematography that year. Yeah, it was nominated for uh, Best Foreign Language Picture, I know, but it's excellent. It really is. It's uh, kind of a surprise that the Chinese government let that be made in 1993. Yeah. That's so far, I think, the one that I hadn't seen, one that you reminded me of, because I saw that in the theater at the time, was Belle Epoque. Yes. That was the Best Foreign Film winner that year. 
Yeah, yeah, that was the one that won. And I remember a, a guy that I used to know, he managed movie theaters. So he would get, you know, passes to whatever theater in, that, in the chain that he worked at. And he and I went to see it. I knew nothing about the movie whatsoever. And that's always fun when you go into a film so blind. Yes. Yeah, I had no idea about that movie. And so I was kind of surprised that something that's really pretty comedic, uh, won the Academy Award because they shy away from comedies, but it is a, a pretty light kind of movie. Uh, so it's, it's great. Probably a little bit sexist uh, into, by today's standards, if I yeah. recall, because it's basically a fantasy where a guy gets to like bed like five daughters or something. Yeah, yeah. All the <laughs> oh, sisters. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty outrageous. But this is also the same Academy that 1979 gave uh, the Oscar to get out your handkerchiefs, which look that up. And you'll see. I'm, I'm watching that on uh, Canopy right now because I had heard about the, the kind of controversial nature of it. And uh, huh. I'm watching it now. But uh, yeah, so I I hadn't seen Bella Pock since the theaters. Actually, some of these movies, I, they just uh, weren't films that I've ever seen a second time. But I saw them all in the theater, like Carlito's Way. You oh, yeah. You did. Uh-huh. What What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Saw that in the theater. Haven't seen it again. Yeah, both of those were two of the ones I had not seen. Okay, yeah. That's what I wanted to know next was how many of these you're watching for the first time. Probably about half of them. Like I had okay. seen The Piano and Schindler's List and I did Adam's Family Values because that's just a personal favorite. So I had seen quite a few of them, but I had never seen Bella Pock. I had never seen Matinee, which is one I did, which I didn't know anything about. Oh, is uh, that the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yes. I like matinee yes. a lot. That's another thing that really, uh, yeah. when when you did matinee, I was like, I, I remember I had reached out to you, but I didn't hear back. And then I was like, oh, you know what? He's doing matinee. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send another message see if I can get him on the show because <laughs> I'm like, you know, these are movies that I even forgot about, and I remember seeing them at the time and really liking them. Yeah, that one was a recommendation from someone. So at the beginning of the year, I asked people for recommendations, and right. I kind of had a you know a fleeting knowledge of that movie, uh, but I had totally forgotten about it existing, and it was excellent. It's it's very good. Yeah, I remember liking it a lot. Yeah, Joe Dante directed it. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the the actress's name, but I was working in LA at the time. I, I was working at Ben and Jerry's and it was in <laughs> Century City. So there was a lot of celebrities would come in and the two girls that were in matinee, they were, they were hanging out as friends. And they, shortly after that movie came out, they came and got ice cream and I told them how much <laughs> I thought they were, you know, excellent in the movie. And they just giggled and took their ice cream to left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of them was Kelly Martin. That's right. Kelly Martin. She was okay. in ER and a bunch of other TV yeah. stuff. Yes, yes. What, what do you got coming up? What, what movies are you working on next? So um, I've watched two so far that I haven't written about The Fugitive and The Joy Luck Club. Oh, okay. Uh, probably, let me see. I, I'm going to, I've seen it before. I'm doing Falling Down, which yes, I remember yes. liking it a lot. Uh, so I'm interested to see that again. Probably the two that I'm most interested in that i've never seen i have never seen groundhog day what oh that's oh, awesome i know now that's oh, become that's... a classic yeah uh, yeah i've always wanted to see it it's very highly rated by the critics and i've always heard so much about it and for oh. some reason it's just slipped by so uh now see here's a our hello trivia uh both keel and i for a period of time in 93 uh this was after college yeah uh, i was out in hollywood trying to make my, you know, my way. Instead, I, I made my way to scooping ice cream at Ben and & Jerry's. And uh, so there was a period of time where Teal was out there yeah. and we would see a lot of movies together. So there's a lot of these titles in 93, the two of yes. us saw. And the two of us on opening day saw Groundhog's Day together. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you've known each other a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, since 1989. Fall of 89. Yep. We're back in, uh, in New York University. We met. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably the one I'm most excited to see. What? Which one are you least excited to see? Yeah. Well, they're supposed to be all the great movies. So hopefully you're not. But there oh, might no. be something. There might be something you're dreading that you're just. Uh, yeah. There are, yeah. There are 
every year there are some. Uh, the other one I am excited to see is in the name of the of the Father. Which oh, I've so you haven't seen, seen that? Oh. That was nominated for Best Picture. No. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. So I wasn't that excited to see what's love got to do with it. Yeah, you didn't like that much. I was shocked about that. The the performances are great, but biopic movies a lot of times are such a surface story, and especially someone like Tina Turner, who I knew quite a bit about. Right. You know, the facts are fast and loose and <laughs> the performances are always great, but a lot of the performance to me involves imitation. Yes. And so it just, there's just this fine line. I'm, I'm not a movie expert or an acting expert, but to play those characters, they've kind of got a lot of material to go on. It's not like creating a character out of thin air. That's true. Teal and I actually talked about this movie once, so I'm not going to retell the whole story, but we had an experience where we saw that opening day, first show at the Hollywood... Cinerama Dome. And we, we, we're expecting, okay, you know, look, maybe this is a TV movie type of thing, but we're going to go right. see it. And the place was packed. And I, I guess there were a lot of Tina Turner fans, but the place exploded. And something I've never seen in a movie before, huge rows of people down at the below section of the Cinerama Dome just got up and were dancing in the aisles during the songs. Wow. And it was yeah. so intense, that the experience in there. <laughs> and when she struck back at Ike Turner... The place became a madhouse yeah. of emotion. Wow. So I think that really contributed to our love of the movie at the time. Yeah, I haven't seen it since then, but 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 I have very good impressions of it because of that experience. Yeah, I did not hate it, but it it wasn't my favorite. But that part yeah. of that is just the genre is not my my thing. Right. I wasn't excited to see in the line of fire, but I ended up loving it. Because yes. I, I thought it might be just your stereotypical Clint Eastwood, shoot him up kind of movie. And it actually had some brains behind it. Yeah. And Malkovich is great. Malkovich makes Yeah. It. Yeah. He's great. Hey, Malkovich, think fast. Um, okay. So I don't know if you're going to be open to uh, taking, taking requests or suggestions, but if this is not on your list, here's one. And I've seen it many times since, cause I always think, well, it's going to end up being dated and I'm not going to like it. And then I still do. Uh, it's a film that Teal and I saw together and over time it's gained a reputation, but it bombed in 93 was mad dog and glory. Yes. Mm. John no, McNaughton's Mad Dog and Glory. And, and we actually saw it very close together, yeah. almost almost like a double bill. It was a Bill Murray double bill because Groundhog's Day came out around the same time yep. and Bill Murray plays against type and he plays a mafia boss in Mad Dog and Glory. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I may have to have 30 now. It's a really strange movie. I know a lot of people didn't like it. Really? It, yeah. It's, it's a bit of an acquired taste, I think. Oh, geez. Well, I guess it's my taste. <laughs> it's but, definitely your taste, but yeah. But what was great is the script was offered to Robert De Niro and to play the mafia boss and Bill Murray was supposed to play the sad sack y yes. police guy. And uh -huh. each one of them had the same idea is that it would be much more interesting to play the other role. And that's what they did. And it was, that's what I think makes it so interesting. Yeah. That kind of sounds like uh, I did when I did 2011 drive Albert Brooks playing the, the mob boss. Yes. Very against type. Love, love Albert Brooks in that movie. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, when he does serious roles, it's fantastic. Yeah, Albert Brooks also plays a serious role in The Most Violent Year. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then he's sort of, I guess he's comedy, but it's more of a serious comedy in broadcast news, which is another great role. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah his, his part in broadcast news where he compares William Hurt to the devil is one of my favorite yes. scenes in a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he re cause you realizes that he was on to William Hurt long before yeah. uh, William Hurt sort of reveals himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Probably the other movies I dread watching are <laughs> one, ones that I've seen that are really heavy. Movies yeah. that I, I think are great, but they're so draining. And so for this year's Schindler's List, which I did actually enjoy watching. Right. Well, it's a tough sit. I mean, it's not a. It's it's not a, a it's a, it is. It's a tough sit. It's about as tough a drama as you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those movies that are kind of must watches, but it doesn't mean you want to watch them over and over. It's a, it's a big emotional investment to watch a movie like that. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'm just not up for it. Yeah. Yeah. The piano is the same way. I remember the first time I saw it, 
liking it, but just being kind of drained by it. I actually liked yeah. it more this time than I did the first time. It it wasn't as difficult to take knowing okay. what was coming. As I'm older now than I was in the 20s is that some films I needed to be older to appreciate, quite frankly. And yeah. I wonder if I would appreciate the piano more being older than, you know, being 23 when I first saw it. I think yeah. you would, because you're not a big fan of the movie, right, Jim? I saw it one time. Okay. And I thought, okay, yeah. I didn't I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but I, you know, I think I had mentioned that my problem was like the casting of Harvey Keitel. Right. Oh, he bothered me. Um, and I'm not a huge Sam Neill guy. Um, I've just never warmed up to him. So, you know, that kind of bothered me, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess, yeah. you know. Okay. But uh, I'd, I'd give it another chance if it ever comes on, you know. I, I thought that... Uh, Anna Paquin was amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes. Uh, you should and give Hollywood. it another shot. All right. So, uh, Eric, are there other movies, I'm curious, that your imp- impression has changed over time? Like something you loved that you ended up thinking, wow, I was not quite there for that. Or mm, or wow. like you just said with the piano where it could be any year that better. you've done. I mean, I'm just could curious about one of the done. movies that you're like, oh, this was the greatest movie. And then I saw it again. And it's horrible. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm trying to think of one. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm looking back at like 2011. The artist I, I really liked the first time. I still liked it okay, but it, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit well after a long, long time. Not okay. best picture anyway. Not for best picture. <laughs> well, I yeah. always judge it differently. If it wins best picture and then I see it and I'm like, are you serious? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably the help, which I do still like. I mean, it's it's a, a good feel good movie, right. but it's a little bit of the white savior. Yeah, it makes the white people feel good, I think. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of doesn't last so well. Right. I, I thought it was a fine entertainment, but I didn't ever think it was a, a great film. Now, there's a couple more movies. And again, we don't want to keep your list growing. And we're just hoping, hoping amongst hope that these films are already on the list for you to see. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to try to bully you into adding them. <laughs> so there's two films. One, one Teal, why don't you tell them the film that you're thinking of? And it was on my list, too. And see if this is on yours. Yeah. And this is one of my favorites from that year. I've seen it so many times since then. I just watched it with my kids a year ago. Searching for Bobby Fisher. Ah, uh, yes. It is on my list. Good. Okay. <laughs> Great. I, you I, extra. I love that movie. And we actually own it. So uh, it's. I should be watching it within the next week. Oh, so, fantastic. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a great movie. Because when you say all the great films, I feel like that is one. So, yeah. And it holds up every time I watch it. I, I just, you know, I mean, I guess it's a little dated in the hairstyles and they don't have cell phones. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but it holds up so well every time. And the, the kids' oh, performance yeah. is amazing. And the, the cast, I mean, Ben Kingsley and Joan Allen. And, yes. Yeah. Joe Mantegna. Joe Mant- yeah. And uh, even William H. Macy has a small role. Oh, yes, yes, as, as one of the other parents, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's just a great movie. Now, here's one that I have. I bet you it's not on your list, and it's a film that I loved it when I first saw the film. I was surprised that it didn't do well at the box office. I thought it was a surefire hit, especially since this director just won an Oscar for the, la- the, the year before movie. And it, it just felt like a great film, and I haven't seen it since, so I don't know if it holds up. Are you planning on seeing A Perfect World, directed by Clint Eastwood? No, no. I remember hearing about that. Is that the, that's uh, Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner yeah. plays a robber, yeah. right? Is he a robber? He, he's he's on the run. Yeah. He's, he's escaped and he's on the run and Clint Eastwood is tracking him down he's running a manhunt and it takes place like in the 60s i thought it was a really good movie and again i don't know why i haven't seen this movie since i haven't seen it since i loved it then i uh, uh, yeah maybe it doesn't hold up i but if you liked in the line of fire maybe you'll like a perfect world (laughs) yeah it's i remember it's on the the list i have the critic compilation and so it is considered a great movie so uh I may have to check that out. <laughs> we're sorry. By the time we're, we're finished with you, you're going to be like, I had 29 and now I've got 40. Great. Yeah. <laughs> what about shortcuts? Is that on your list? No. What? Oh, yes. No, no, it is. Oh, okay. It is. I'm like, shortcuts was, nominated- was, like my, was my top five that year. <laughs> yeah. It, it was nominated for best director. I yes. actually 
So, believe it or not, the best way to find all of these old movies is the old Netflix DVD. And so, I had had dropped that years ago. And when I started this, I rejoined it. And uh, so, I just got shortcuts in the mail. And uh, so, yeah, that... I know it's so old school, but really, honestly, they have the best selection of, yeah. of classic movies, especially. So uh, it's it's the way to go. Yeah, Teal, you used to. Uh, do you still do that, Teal? No, no, I just canceled it because I got Hulu instead. Yeah, I mean, I have so many streaming now, and I and I feel like with the Criterion Channel, which, by the way, a little plug for the Criterion Channel, Eric, if you, if you have the streaming services and you love movies, man, you got to get the Criterion Channel because they just, every time I'm thinking of some obscure movie that I really want to see, lo and behold, a month or two, Criterion Channel <laughs> puts it on and I get to watch it. And I'm hoping that they'll put things like shortcuts on there because they, they have an actual uh, Blu-ray and DVD of the shortcuts. Um, and yeah. I have the DVD. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, I own the mm. Criterion DVD because I love shortcuts. I love how uh, he was able to take these Raymond Carver stories but found a way to blend them all together. Yeah. It's just, and that that can really fail, but it's masterful. And it's also, that that movie's really heartbreaking. Oh, it it totally is. Yeah. I I saw it years ago and I don't remember a ton about it. So I am excited to see it because um, when I watched uh, Gosford Park, I loved it. And uh, then I watched MASH when I did 1970. And so Altman is a master at taking all of these characters and actually making it blend and work. Yes. Boy, now there's a movie that you just would not get made today. I've watched MASH in the recent last couple of years, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to pass today's muster, man. No. <laughs> it, it, it has not aged well no. at all. No, no, no. <laughs> but yet, if you move past the stuff that today would shock an audience for different reasons, it is the mastery. Uh, one of the things I noticed when I first saw, I was not a fan of the TV show. I mean, I was a kid, uh, but my yeah. mom insisted that the movie was hilarious and they released it in theaters like in like 1983. She took me to see it. So I was like maybe 12 and a half or something. And what I noticed, and it's, of course it's an Altman trademark, was the characters, especially in the um, operating rooms, they're all yeah. talking and having these realistic conversations with really grounded it as if like this movie really exists and i was like movies don't do that in the background you only hear like the main characters talking and everybody else is just kind of miming and i hated that i like the realism of everyone talking and then altman does that time and time again with other movies and even developed uh multi-track recording systems so that he could do that and of course he just you know through like nashville and then in the movies we just mentioned i that's one of my favorite trademarks of an altman movie yeah yeah he's he's great at that mash is excellent but it's it's one that you have to put yourself in that time you have to put yourself in 1970 and that that can be hard with a lot of these movies. Uh, a lot of movies from the 80s kind of feel dated to me, and maybe it's because it's more recent history yeah, than it, 1970. For me, sometimes it's just the uh, the cinematography makes a movie dated. I was just, again, yes. go, searching for Bobby Fischer has the great Conrad Hall shooting it. Mm-hmm. And so the cinematography feels timeless. It doesn't, whereas a lot of movies from the 80s, I don't know, they all kind of look the same. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing they're on your list, whether you're looking forward to them or not, just because they were they were big. They've survived the test of time where people still talk about these movies. Right. I don't know if you're looking forward to this movie, but I feel like it's going to be on your list as true romance. No, it's not. It, it was a recommendation, too. And I have never seen it. And I know huh. people love it. I mean, I don't know if I love it, but it's just it's 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 a 93 movie, you know, it is. But I I don't love it. You don't, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I don't think this is something that has to go on your list. But you I love think. Tony Scott. Okay. How do you not? How could oh, you? Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. I do. I do <laughs> love I, I, that I, movie. Yeah, yeah you do. You're right. Tony yep. Scott movie. You love it's true romance. Stop it. Yep. You're right. I do love it. Yeah. See. I was totally wrong about that. I totally love it. It's a guilty pleasure. Ignore everything I said before. Uh. <laughs> All right. So true romance. I mean, I almost feel like 
it's like you have to watch it now since you have never seen it before. If you'd seen it and you're like, I just don't like it. I'm not putting it on there. But boy, you got to see that. And what about This Boy's Life? That's like your first look at DiCaprio as Impossible Movie Star. No. It came out before, before Gilbert, Gilbert Grape. And that's where wow. you and I, Teal, to begin the year, we're like, this guy is going to be a star. Yeah. Yeah, because we saw that together. I yeah, think. and Robert De Niro was really good in that, too. Yeah. Okay, you've added four to my list. Well, you know, you look and pick, pick and choose, but I mean, this boy's life, yeah. they don't talk about that movie anymore. But if you want to understand, think about the contrast. You liked Gilbert Grape, right? But now you yes. get to see what kind of performer he's in because watch him in this boy's life and keep in mind it came out prior to what's eating Gilbert Grape. Wow, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's another film that I think I really liked. I don't know. It, this is my own personal, like, you know, everybody has uh-huh. their guilty pleasure film. <laughs> Rudy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know if it's one of the great films, but I mean, I, I get all choked up when I watch Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, that's it's Rudy. Put Rudy yeah, in, coach. <laughs> so no Rudy? No, oh, no Rudy. No Rudy. I've, I've, I've done Rudy, so. How about uh, Christoph Kieslowski's Blue? Yes. Okay, yes. that that's coming up. Because I, 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 that's just a weird one because even though they came out, what, in, spread out over two yeah. years, are you gonna, White was also 93, right? Uh, and Red came out in 94, right? Or are you going to do the whole trilogy? Red is 94 and White. Uh, Blue was the first, then White, and yeah. then Red. I don't know how they were released in France, but that trilogy is amazing. Yeah, I'm excited to see that one. Oh, you've never seen it? I've never seen it. Well, you got to watch it. Oh, yeah, that's great. In the sort of day of the uh, limited series binging, tackling something like that isn't such a, a weird idea anymore. Because, right. you know, yeah. we're all used to like Netflix puts all these shows that are like limited series and they're in another language. They're like from, you know, Russia or wherever and people are watching them. Yeah. yeah. Blue is really good, but. That one's my it's most depressing of the three, I think. <laughs> I've got, uh, I've also got Naked on my list, which I've never seen. Oh, you gotta oh, have yeah. it. You gotta, I, I don't believe I forgot to put that on there. That's a must. Yeah, so uh, that one will be interesting. I've Sister. never seen Sh- Shadowlands, which is another one that's coming up. Oh, that's Anthony Hopkins, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I liked so. that movie quite a lot, actually, at the time. Who Did Richard Attenborough direct that? Yeah, okay. yeah he did. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay i got one and it's probably not on your list now that i know now i get a sense it was not on your list and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to insist that you put it on there because it's a great film and it's i i it felt like it was a discovery for me it didn't do well at the time and he really wasn't as well known as he became even though he had one big hit before that but uh steven soderbergh's king of the hill oh yeah i, I enjoy that movie yep I love it. It's one of the first times you'll get to see Adrian Brody. That's true. Yeah. I have a film that I have a special relationship with from 1993. We've talked about it on the show several times, I think. Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, that that was on my list, too, and I pared it down, but a lot okay. of people rec- recommended it. It's a classic. It, it's one of the... Uh, yeah, I just love it. It's a great Shakespeare film. One other film that I think James Jim loved... No, I call myself James now. You were gone for two oh. months. I changed back to James, but you can call me Jim. <laughs> okay, so uh, one film that I think you loved at the time, I remember... Maybe I'm wrong, is Jeff Bridges in Peter Weir's Fearless. Are you, are you doing Fearless? Yes, I am, because... Oh, uh, great. Rosie Perez was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Right. She was really good. I thought she should have won. And then was what Marissa... No, no. That was the year before. Who won the 93? Oh, Anna Paquin won. Right. That was sort of a shock. Yeah. That's right. 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 Uh, She's really good in Fearless. I like that movie. I I have seen it. But you did not like it, Teal, right? No, I did like it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like Fearless quite a lot. It's interesting. It's funny. I've been catching up on my, my old Peter Weir because he's being featured on the Criterion channel uh, this month as part of the Aussie New Wave. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of what he does. There's another, what some people call a classic from 93. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know how this movie became a classic, but Tombstone? Oh, Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> Bill loves that movie. I'm not recommending you add it to your list. <laughs> no. J- just I, so you know. I have not seen it. Yeah, it's yeah, a Wyatt Earp. It's, it's Costner too, right? And uh, No, no, Costner no. was in the better uh, version, Wyatt Earp. Costner's in the good uh, one. Yeah, that uh, was at 94 though, right? Yes. Yeah, Tombstone, <sighs> yeah. 
Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. Tombstone. But us people love that movie. Oh, I know. I've heard a lot about it. Well, I think that's interesting is, right, the, all the great movies. And what I like that you're doing is you're, you're taking into account, you get suggestions from people. And, you know, who are you to say that somebody else's favorite best of movie isn't, uh, you know? Yeah. I try to, so I, I watch all of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture, the four acting and the directing and the right. Best Foreign Language. I don't go any deeper. I mean, I'll look at who won for writing and things like that just right. to see if I'm getting a lot of them. But I mean, it's just, it's too daunting. Right. Well, I mean, again, that's a lot of films for this mission. And yeah. then on top of that, I add critical favorites and then recommendations. Right. Okay. I don't feel like this was technically a foreign film, but it was submitted and accepted. And I guess because it was financed in most, and there's like at least 50% of the language is foreign, so it counted. But Ang Lee's first film, The Wedding Banquet. I had a recommendation for that one as well. I don't know if I liked it that much. I don't know how it holds, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's fascinating. Whenever you get a director that's so well-known now, you got to go back to their roots and see how they began. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the recommendations that you've kicked off your list? Do you remember any? <laughs> You're like, no way. <laughs> no, like, uh, well, a lot of these that you mentioned were recommendations. Okay. But it really just comes down to most of them I'm curious about. I love some of the art house movies, but I can only watch so many of them because sometimes they're just daunting. Right. Um, yeah. I watched uh, Workmeister Harmonies. And I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, what is the director's name? It's great. I loved it. Belatar, he's a Hungarian huh. guy. He also huh. did one that's considered even greater. It's called the Turin Horse, which is just brutal to watch. Huh. I mean, it just, it, it killed me. So he's, he's very interesting. He does, uh, most of his movies are like very long shot kind of things, like okay. a three hour movie with 18 shots. And, you know, it might be a scene of just two people walking down a street. The first one I saw, Workmeister Harmonies, I did like. But the Turin Horse, it just it's just brutal. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to check out some of his films because... I, I appreciate the artistry, but, but, but it's there, a tough watch. Yeah. Now, now, this probably wouldn't be on your list. And I don't even know when you say... I, I, again, I, I always respect that the theme is all the great movies. And I don't know if this would be it. However, as I looked at 93, there is a film that I remember personally enjoying for various reasons. And it's a film that's just disappeared from the map. I couldn't find it to save my life. And I'm hoping Criterion Channel, you know, puts it on once just so I can rewatch it. And it's this little independent film called Bodies Rest in Motion. Oh, yes. Oh. With Bridget Fonda and Eric Stoltz. Yeah. And um, what happened? Oh, yeah. Also uh, Phoebe Cates. And Phoebe Cates. That's right. Wow, and it was kind of a slacker type movie. And Tim Roth is in it. Yeah. Oh, it was wow. kind of in that genre of slacker and yeah, it was like yeah. a 20-something relationship drama. I think it was 92 or 3, the, the the guy that did Marriage Story there. Noah Baumbach? Yeah, didn't Noah Baumbach do a movie in the early 90s that was very slackery? <laughs> you are stretching my memory here. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. I am too. I'm already. Yeah, but Bodies Rest in Motion because, you know, Phoebe Cates and Bridget Fonda both retired from acting. And I yeah. was a big fan of both of them. Kicking so, and screaming. That's it. Kicking and screaming. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That's another one of those very slack. Yep. There's like a whole genre. Yeah. Teal. I think we've got a subgenre. The there is a whole subgenre of, of Gen X slacker movies. Yeah. Yeah. What was the Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke? That's, that's the Reality, reality Bites. Bites. Reality Bites. Yeah. yeah. That one I've seen. The Academy always nominates one or two movies every year that I'm not that excited. They're kind of lost in time and yeah know, like 1963 had a couple that were kind of just odd choices the cardinal right. john, john houston was nominated for best supporting actor for that and uh it's interesting but it's a little bit of a time capsule right are there other movies where you've you've watched them for the first time say because you're doing the list and, uh, and you're just, you know, what were people thinking nominating this? I know a lot of people emotionally connect to it and think it's great. I hated I Am Sam. I think that's one of my l least favorite movies oh, I've seen. Oh, I, I hate, hate that movie. 
Sean Penn, to me, came across as like a kid making fun of someone that was mentally impaired. And yes, uh, it has the really trendy, shaky hand cam thing going on. It's just pretentious and bad. I'm I'm with you on that 100 percent. Terrible movie. I saw that in the theater, and I remember not hating it, other than it felt very like a Lifetime movie. But it's a movie that clearly has not aged well, because I think there's more people that fall on the side of, ooh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. It's it's a little bit embarrassing and kind of offensive and just weird. I loved Sean Penn's performance in Carlito's Way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For some reason, Sean Penn, his, the nominations he's he gets are usually for the wrong movies. Yes. And, I I love him in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It, that's yeah. a fantastic supporting performance. Yes. Yeah, so he, he gets nominated for all the wrong things. Uh, another one I hated uh, was The Iron Lady, and that's another biopic. But <laughs> I, I think that Meryl Streep won the Academy Award for that. It's just, it's horrible. So funny, we just did, uh, <laughs> me and my guest Bill, we just spent on Toll episode on Meryl Streep and looking at her Academy Award winning performances and nominated performances. We went through every year and discussed whether or not we felt she deserved to even be nominated. And when we got to that, I I, I just hate, 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 hate the Iron Lady. And I didn't even think she had a good performance in it. I thought it was the really the ultimate caricature. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't see it. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. The movie is so surface and it's just, oh. Uh, it's bad. Training Day is one I thought was entertaining, but I, I really can't believe that Denzel Washington won an Academy Award for that. And he's not even really. Uh, Ethan Hawke has a bigger part in it. Yeah, than him. yeah. It, that it's kind of weak. Let's face and it. It's, <laughs> and Denzel, I feel like, is a great actor and has done a lot of great parts. And that one was just pretty good. Do you ever see Roman Israel Esquire? And then you'll scratch your head as to how he got nominated for that. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think that was the year that everyone thought James Franco was going to be nominated for uh, Disaster Artist. Yeah, Disaster Artist. Oh. And, then, and then all the sexual, the Me Too stuff came out about him. And I think Denzel was kind of the filler position. Oh, okay. Give us somebody, kids. Who do we got? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Denzel, he's, he's, he's good. We can put him in. Yeah. Well, you know what? There wasn't anything necessarily wrong with his performance, but the mood, when I find that no matter how good you are, if the movie around you is terrible, that you just can't get nominated for it. And his, right. that movie was a terrible, terrible film. One for 1993 that I think is a good movie, but it, it feels like it was kind of just going through the motions and that was Philadelphia. The performances are great. Yeah. But it, it, it Hollywood was 10 years late to the AIDS storyline and it just felt like they were trying to check all the boxes. It's a little it, too easy. Yeah. I felt that way when I saw that in the theater and I was never really keen on revisiting it. And then yeah. a couple of years ago, it was on TV. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I got caught up in it and rewatched it. And what I looked at uh, going back is the filmmaking style of Jonathan Demi. Yeah. And uh -huh. Tak Fujimoto. Yeah. And how yes. they shoot those characters is so different than how any other characters and movies get shot today. And that, that I found very compelling and they took a story and brought me into it in a different way. So yeah. I, I liked that more the second time I watched it, but it's still, you know, it's the story is the story. Yeah. The scene, definitely the scene with Tom Hanks and the opera, the red lighting and, and all of that. I mean, that's a fantastic scene that won him the Oscar. I'm sure because a lot of the rest of the movie, he's just, sitting behind the desk in the courtroom looking sick. Right. That scene alone is, it, that is a beautiful scene. I also like going back to those types of films, I guess in anything in 93, and you watch these films and you notice characters, like actors and actresses who, A, they became more famous later, or, wow, look at all the people that are dead in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It makes me feel old, but I'm like, wow, look at these people. They're all dead now. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's also interesting to go back, you know, like Tom Hanks in that, an early movie of his. Yeah. And, and you can see so many of those mannerisms that have carried on, yeah. you know, that right. they were all new at that time. But I'm not sure he was as good as I just wrote about the remains of the day. And Anthony Hopkins is, to me, fantastic in that. Yeah. Movie. Anthony Hopkins, for me, hands down, was the male performance of the year. I even, I think, wrote, wrote to you a comment um, on your 
page for Remains of the Day because that is really one of my favorite films of that year. And I've seen it many times, actually a lot of it in recent years. And it's just such a powerful story of of a love relationship that just goes unsaid and he just cannot break free from his own uh, himself (laughs) and to tell tell, uh, Emma Thompson how he feels. He's so repressed. And so that required Anthony Hopkins to do so much with body language and just small movements of his face uh, to convey what was going on in that man's head. I I think it's amazing. I I always appreciate the understated. I I can be sucked in by a big emotional scene, but his, it's just so understated and beautiful and and sad. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. That's definitely one of my favorites. I mean, you know, you, you've already covered a lot of interesting things. The only disagreement that I have with you <laughs> on this, I didn't write anything because I couldn't believe it, but I was like, all right, well, it's not for everybody. But for me, Dazed and Confused was yeah. an, it was a, just a slam dunk from the moment that I saw it in the theater. Um, one of the few people actually got to see it in the theater because it was a bomb at the time. And I love everything about that, especially the attention to detail to capture really what it would have been like if you dropped yourself into 1976 in that particular place. Um, Even from the music, he made sure that any song that was played could not have existed on the radio at any other time but that area. And I mean, so there's just, I don't know, for me, it felt so authentic. And though I didn't have a high school experience like those kids, it just felt real to me, and I loved it ever since. So I, I was fascinated that you didn't like it at all, really. I, I, You know, I appreciate the artistry of it, for sure. I just didn't love the characters, I guess. So I grew up in South Texas, oh. and so that, that was kind of my stomping grounds. Oh. And so I, I can just picture those small-town Texas guys that are just – basically douchey guys and you don't like those guys so it's hard to like <laughs> yeah so it's so hard it was, to like the movie yeah it was just hard to connect with them although matthew mcconaughey is fantastic in it well he, yeah. he and, basically uh, was one of those south texas douchey guys that yeah. they got yeah. they met him at a, like a, they showed up at a bar and they're like this guy <laughs> yeah yeah so i do appreciate the artistry of it and i, I don't hate it but um but yeah i didn't really love the main characters in the movies. Now, let me ask you this. Did you watch it for the first time for this or had you seen it before? I had never seen it before. And I don't think anyone recommended it to me either, but it's, it is high on critics lists. And, and I always had heard about it. I kind of knew it was a must watch. So here's the interesting thing about that. And again, it's hard. You, 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 you see a film at the time that you see it and everything that came since has an influence. That's a movie that's kind of entered mm-hmm. the lexicon. And yeah. it's hard to go back to when it was in 1993. I see the film. It's actually less than 20 years from the time it takes right. place, right? So that's amazing. Yeah. All those actors that are have gone on to fame and, and fortune, every single one of them was unknown. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I watched yeah. it, like I didn't know who any, the only actor that I knew in that movie was Mila Jovovich. She oh, was the yeah, actress yeah. because she had been in that Return to the Blue Lagoon movie and she right. was a model. And so I knew her name. It, aside from her, every single one of those actors was a no name. So imagine, yeah. if you will, that bully, that Ben Affleck. I had yeah. no idea who he was. McConaughey was his first role. A lot of those actors and actresses, Parker Posey, they were all yeah, unknown and great. I had never seen them in anything. And for me, having all these unknown kids in a movie made it more authentic because they felt like real people. But now if I'd never <laughs> right. seen it and I'm watching it now, they're all famous and it might be kind of a weird experience. So it's kind of cool that you had that. Yeah, on that movie, I, I do read a lot about the movies. I'll go to like Roger Ebert's reviews and stuff like that. But I did read that Renee Zellweger almost had the Parker Posey part. Oh, wow. And she has a, at the party scene at the end of the movie, she has a non-speaking. Yeah, she's in it, but she's like not in it. 30 seconds. Okay, yeah. wow. She and McConaughey were both in the Texas area and they both mm-hmm. starred in some kind of uh, weird low budget sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Uh, they around both. the same time. Uh, that's Right. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they did, but they, you know, they're both Oscar winners now. 
Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, look at that film and think of all the A-list celebrities that came out of that movie. <laughs> and they were yeah. all unknown. <laughs> I do love Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It just resonates a little more with me. I think it covers a, a wider variety of kids. and well, Certainly no shame here. That's a, it's a classic. <laughs> yep. Not, yeah. not complaining <laughs> yeah. about that. Can't, can't, can't scold you on that. I feel like I can't say much about Days Confused because I haven't seen it since it came out. And I liked it then, but I didn't love it. So I'm kind of, uh, you know between you guys on this. I and think. I've seen it probably a dozen times, but as you know, Teal, this is something to know about me. I'm a huge fan of coming of age stories. And so Absolutely. I'm a sucker for that. It genre. is your favorite subgenre. Yeah. It is. So, uh, so, okay. Many months from now, when you can finally get through all of 93, what do you think you're going to work on next? Like what would be the next year that you would want to tackle? Well, I've already picked out my next year and th- it'll be a tough jump for some people because some people don't like the old ones. I'm actually going back to the, 30s. Ooh, whoa. Cool. So uh, there's quite a few from that period. I mean, I've seen a lot of 30s movies, but I, I'm, I have much more knowledge on the 40s. So uh, I'm going to do 1935. Okay. Isn't that the year Becky Sharp, the first Technicolor full-length film came out? Yeah, I think Becky Sharp is that year. Look at me. Look at me with the knowledge. I, I also you. think it might be the first year of the Hayes Code. Oh, yeah. When Captain they, Blood, I bet that year. Uh, yes, it is. I don't know why I'm even, I'm not looking at anything and it's just popping Good in my job. head. Good job. Frankenstein also. Oh, James Whale. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is. I think it's the first year of the Hayes Code. So it's going to be, it, it might be interesting to do at some point like 33 and see I the did difference. 34. That was, I've okay. done it. And uh, it was a great year. 35, I don't know as much about. I've never seen Mutiny on the Bounty. It was the best right. picture winner. Yeah. There were some pretty good uh, Shirley Temple movies that year. Yeah, Littlest Rebel, Curly Top, oh, yep. yeah. The Little Colonel. But then after that, I'm, I've already picked out my next few years. After that, oh. I'm coming back to the 80s and then another year in the 2000s. So, okay. Uh, How do you there choose are, your years? <laughs> uh, it was seriously just random. I, okay. I would try try not to pick any year that was like back-to-back or something. Right, Some right. years I... I made sure that they were in order, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Godfather trilogy. Okay. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to make sure that when I came to those years, I was watching them in order. Uh, right, they're, right. They're, uh, the uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, those three right. movies, I made sure they were in order. So some of them, I kind of moved it around to to suit that, but... In general, I'm trying to bounce around as much as possible so I'm not stuck in one generation. Right. Uh, I'm always excited when I, you know, hit a year that has like a good Alfred Hitchcock movie or something like that. 35 may have the 39 steps. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. I'm, I'm always happy when it's a director that I really like or a movie I love. That's again, what keeps me interested when your posts come up on Instagram is that you go for a year and then you do that year wrap up with the awards and then you go and it's like, oh, what are you going to go next? And then, you know, sometimes you hit a movie that I say, oh, you know what? I've always wanted to see that. Let me see if I can find that. Like, uh, for instance, in 63, the two films I mentioned earlier, I've never seen them because they're not easy to find is a the Cardinal, which is what Otto Preminger. And then you mentioned the L shaped room because that got a few mm-hmm. Oscar nominations. And that is just something that does not come up in any movie conversation. No, it, it was a great movie. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know anything about British kitchen sink movies, which, you know, was another right. genre that I didn't know much about. And it kind of fits into that category. It's a it's a great movie. And this sporting life was that year also, which is kind of a similar, mm-hmm. uh, the L shaped room was another one that was tough to find. I, I had to kind of go to the dark yeah. recesses of the <laughs> internet. So, you know, hoopla and canopy, I have those through my library, which are great. And then Netflix and the DVDs and other ways, but occasionally I do have to really go out there and and dig deep. I would suspect that some of those 1935 films are public domain now. Probably so. The 30s also, you get movies like, uh, when I did 1934, there's The White Parade, which is almost a lost movie. Okay. Uh, I think there's one copy at like the UCLA Film School, 
And so you have to go there and watch it. And, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so when you get into the 30s, it, you know, there's one Ernst Lubitsch Best Picture nominee that's the only Best Picture lost movie. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, you occasionally hit those lost movies and just have to skip them. That's too bad. I think it might be The Patriot. Well, this has been amazing. Um, and I'm, yeah. I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to come on and talk to us about all great movies because I've been very curious as to your approach. And, uh, you know, I'm continually excited to see the next film that uh, you've got on your list and then hear what you have to say about it. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on today. Well, thanks, guys. It's been yeah. a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So uh, I appreciate the chance to come and talk about movies. Well, tell all your friends to take a listen <laughs> um, if they want to hear you talk about all of the great films. Um, and so you you have the Instagram site. Is there anything else for people that they should uh, go to or is that the main place to go that, to? That's the only place. That's it. <laughs> okay. Great. So on Instagram, Excellent. all the great movies you can check out eric jason gray's quest to see all the great movies on a particular year and he's i'd say about midway through 1993 at this point right yeah a little more than halfway through well okay. except for we've now added some more movies to your list <laughs> yeah <laughs> made it worse exactly. yeah my suggestion is don't call us when you are looking for recommendations for a year yeah, <laughs> we'll just load you up <laughs> yes uh, you know. Who knows? Uh, maybe you'll cover another year that uh, I think the 30s is probably not our wheelhouse, um, though I'll be interested in seeing your list. But, you know, maybe when you get into those 80s, we'll get you back on here and we'll oh, fill yes. your head. Uh, yeah, great. With great. recommendations. But again, thank you, my uh, guest today, Eric Jason Gray, all the great movies. And uh, it's a welcome back uh, to Teal, who's uh, been on a little vacation of sorts. And uh, you, the listener. You know where to find us, StuffWeSeen.com, uh, Stuff We Seen Podcast on Instagram. we got a Twitter, all that fun stuff. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts, well, then there you go. Just hit subscribe <laughs> and tell a friend to subscribe as well. Let's get some subscribers. Come on, people. And feedback. Give us some feedback. feedback we like hearing from people. Yeah, yep. Feedback at StuffWeSeen.com. Yep. All right. Uh, this is it for Stuff We've Seen. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.